Hello, Freedom Nation. It's Jeff here once again with the Freedom Nation podcast. And today's show, I have Jim Shields on. Jim is the CEO of a company based in Florida that builds rent-to-own properties. So not just a property that you're buying and turning into a rental house, but actually properties that are built specifically to be used as rental homes. This was a new concept for me. I'd heard about it, but I never really knew anybody that was in this business. So you will love learning a little bit more about this, especially if you're interested in investing in rental real estate. This is a very intriguing concept. So make sure you stay tuned. Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hello, Freedom Nation. It's Jeff here once again, and we have another episode of the Freedom Nation podcast for you. And on today's show, we're going to have Jim Shields. And Jim started off as an investor in real estate after a corporate career, very short period of time, as he puts it, and moved through kind of a, a bunch of different types of real estate investment and is on to his most recent career and He'll tell us a little bit about what the build to rent industry is. Jim, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Good to be here. Glad to have you on. Really excited to learn more about what it is you do and learn a little bit more about the build to rent world. But let's first start off with your story. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, well, I, I lasted in corporate America for about two years. And 24 years ago, I went into real estate investing. I was... Okay. I could starve myself. And and I, I started small. I remember the first property that I bought was a three-family house for $152,000 in Lompoc, mm-hmm. California. Okay. And when the agent called me and said, your offer's been accepted, I almost started hyperventilating in my, my apartment. <laughs> oh my gosh, how am I committing to this? But that was the start. And then I began to just buy and fix foreclosures up and resell okay. them. And I started to buy and fix them and hold them as rentals. Left California and came to Florida about 2004, so almost 20 years ago now, because I like the fundamentals and the landlord laws better. Uh, Mm -hmm. Started to do the same thing here, 2008 hit, and that was an extremely painful time that learned lessons from, but protected all of my partner investors. And very quickly, as that year moved through, some of the best deals that I've ever seen came across. So I started Mm -hmm. to buy foreclosures in bulk. Did really well with that for my own portfolio and then helping other investors build portfolios with re- renovated foreclosures. But then about nine years ago, me and my now building partner took a leap. We had always fixed up old homes and we said, what if we could build new construction properties yeah. in better areas and attract better tenants, have less maintenance and repairs? And that was an experiment, uh, mm-hmm. Jeff, at first. But that has definitely been the gateway that really opened up my wealth, my passive income for my family, and then help the most amount of families build their wealth. You know, we started yeah. with doing about $3 million worth of building projects the first year. And last year we did 185 million in sales. Wow. So you were able to, to, to niche up. A mentor of mine always said, Jeff, you, whatever you're working on in real estate, you should be able to say it in one sentence. And that sentence yeah. can change 
But if you're saying like seven different sentences, you're you're working in too many things and you're not hyper focusing. Yeah. So I always try to hyper focus and my hyper focus at this time and I see for a long time becomes build to rent. Nice. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. So explain what build to rent is and, and the concept behind it. Yeah, we build new construction homes, single family, duplexes and quads. So those would be considered okay. residential real estate, meaning you get a mm-hmm. residential loan on four units or less. Um, and we build in high growth markets in Florida. And what constitutes a high growth market? Well, there's got to be population growth, economic growth, good affordability, which is something we should probably discuss, which blows a lot of markets out of the water. Yeah. Desirability, something drawing them there. And then healthy supply and demand. As a builder, you don't want to go where there's too many houses. You want to mm-hmm. go where there's not enough houses. Yeah. So we started in one market in Florida. We've grown into 12 different markets at this time. That's phenomenal. So let's talk a little bit about that. So you, you know, are you building just one project or are you typically finding investors that want to build multiple projects with you? Well, we we work with individual investors and we have some institutional buyers that okay. will build bigger projects for and step in. But, you know, we have over 850 individual investors and that okay. grows every week. And we help them build small portfolios of hands-off properties. You know, mm-hmm. most of our people are, you know, they've, they've done it on their own in their own backyard or they've maybe looked at some outlets for older renovated homes, but they're, they're wanting more certainty. Yeah. And the new construction model brings certainty in better areas, less involvement. You know, most of our people don't want to spend more than an hour a month on their portfolio. Mm-hmm. And that's what we are trying to set up. So we're, we're always trying to work with the smaller individual investors on a larger scale. You know, and once you get three, five, seven properties with us, it starts to become a second income without a second job. And yeah. that's kind of a passive goal for a lot of people. That's awesome. Now, let's talk about that. You were you were talking about affordability. Uh, tell us a little bit about the, the Florida real estate market. Yeah. So the affordability index, Jeff, is so important. And all mm-hmm. that means is what is the average family household income for that area? Mm-hmm. And what is the average median price of a home? Yeah. And that's called an affordability index. You know, you go to San Francisco, California, horrible <laughs> affordability index. Terrible. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. New York City, terrible. But then it varies in other areas. Florida has always had a really good affordability index. Mm-hmm. So the average, so for example, have a lot of California investors. They leave California and they were going to invest in Salt Lake City and Boise, Idaho. Great yeah. markets, pretty areas. But the average family household income in those areas is about 60000 uh-huh. The average family income, let's say in Jacksonville, Florida, one of our main hub markets is 60000 yeah. The big difference here, Jeff, though. Is the Boise, cost of the real estate. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a quarter million dollars more for a medium <laughs> home than even Salt Lake and Boise, which is outside wow. of California compared to Florida. So Florida still, even with the growth we've had, was way undervalued by everybody's you know statistical agreement. And now we still have that affordability. And what affordability allows, Jeff, even on new construction homes in better area, is cash flow. Yeah. And we do want to start to get some cash flow for that seed capital to really start to grow and nurture. And that's how my rental portfolio did it myself. And if I've learned anything, I don't like headaches. I don't like mm-hmm. turnover. I don't like maintenance and repair. And that's why I only do new construction now. Yeah. Well, and it makes complete sense. And I'm assuming you're building to now current standards. So with, you know, hurricanes and everything else, you know, you're getting a house that isn't 40 or 50 years old that wasn't built to be pounded on by hurricanes every year. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, and I talk about this in a lot of my presentations and investor talks, 
So really interesting thing. You know, we just went through a major hurricane, Hurricane yeah. Ian in Southwest Florida, where we were building. The eye of the storm went over both Fort Myers and Punta Gorda. Uh, mm-hmm. And you saw on the news, you know, beautiful area that downtown Fort Myers, and it got decimated. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. Now, but if you looked at the videos of the next day of Punta Gorda, it looked like there was some wind that went through, mm-hmm. but in some trees and, and limbs down, but not bad. The houses were still intact. And I'll tell you why. In 2004, Hurricane Charlie, the eye of the storm hit right onto Punta Gorda. It okay. decimated there. It was terrible. My father had a cousin living down there. And the government stepped in and made new rules. They said, okay, we're going to try to stop this from happening again best we can. Hmm. Now on anything 2004 or newer, you have to build a much higher ground, 13, 14 feet above sea level. You okay. also have to use stronger structural integrity, fasteners. They upgraded what it took to build a new property in Florida. So Fort Myers, the old downtown area, those were a lot of properties from the 50s and 60s. Yeah. And they were built at two or three feet above sea level, opposed to 13 or 14 above sea level. So even though we had we had hundreds of projects down there in Fort Myers and in Punta Gorda, and through that hurricane, Jeff, we only had four properties that needed yeah. insurance claims. And those four didn't have flooding, which flooding gives you the worst damage of, of hurricanes. Most people think sure. it's wind, it's actually flooding. We had no flooding. And the four pro- properties that we had to file insurance claims on, well, we had just started construction. So all that <laughs> was there was freestanding walls. So the wind knocked over the freestanding walls. Sure. But, we, but it was a good test of we thought new construction can make a difference, Jeff, against hurricane. Mm-hmm. Now we've really tested. Yeah, you had one do. Yeah, you had a hell of a doozy to to test it with. (laughs) We were nervous. Let me tell you. Uh, But to see that, it gives me a lot of confidence for for not only us but for our investors. Where there's always risk, but we can mitigate risk with today's structural standards and new construction, and the fact the level that they make the sea level they make you build that new property at completely is a game changer. So I mean, are you having to haul in just? tons of of you know material to build us this up because i mean florida is about as flat as a pancake (laughs) dirt dirt is brown gold down here yeah (laughs) you know and this is where it's like you got to be open and honest like me and my building partner we grumbled and complained kind of like probably when you and i your parents back in high school said all right you're going out driving wear your seatbelt wear your seatbelt Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got in that first accident or someone T-boned mm. you and you're going, wow, I'm glad I had my seatbelt on. That's kind yeah. of how we feel now. We sure. grumbled about that dirt and now we're not grumbling as much. Yeah. Well, you also have a Yeah. You have a really good example for people to say, hey, this is, you know, we went through a real doozy of a storm and, you know, we came out of it really well as a result of that. So you can feel you can feel good that your investment is, you know, been built as good as we can build it at that exactly. point. So. Now, how, you know, I know the the Florida area, I know from my own personal investment strategy, I've, I've been looking in the in the Florida area. I know one of the big concerns is is certainly insurance because you've had so many storms down there. I mean, is it affordable on the insurance side? Are you able to get, you know, underwritten for, for policies and everything else? Yeah. So let, let me uh, let me break that down. Yeah. It kind of goes back to when people say insurance in Florida has gotten so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and I always follow up with the question of which properties. Yeah. Because, you know, insurance companies are all about risk. So they assess uh-huh. their risk. There is a huge difference between how they assess 
1950 property yep. built at two feet above sea level near the coast compared to a new construction built at 14 feet with today's standards now, which yeah. makes sense. Also, you know, in each area will be different. You know, Southwest Florida, Fort Myers, fastest growing area in the country right now. Okay. Your insurance is going to be a little bit higher, even our new construction, much better than the old ones, but still higher. But Jacksonville, Ocala, other markets where it's a very low hurricane risk by the analytics, mm. you know, the insurance has, has stayed pretty fair and, and even more fair when you get a new construction property. Yeah. Okay. Um, and one thing that we do too, Jeff, to help that, even though we're building in coastal cities, the risk analysis goes down when you're at least five miles inland. Hmm. So a lot of our projects, even when we're in a coastal community, are at least five miles inland. That okay. helps your insurance rates as well. That's awesome. So question on, it's, I mean, this is basically a turnkey type of situation. So, so somebody doesn't even have to be in Jacksonville to make this happen, right? Nope. We can be for most of our clients. We probably have less than 20% clients in Florida. Okay. Yeah, but people want to come to Florida because of those growth factors I talked about. Sure. Because of landlord laws. And Jeff, if I've learned anything in the last few years, you have to, no matter where you go, if you're trying to you know, get out of your day job and have rental properties, make it happen. I think you can do it. I've seen lots of people do it. I've done it. I've helped lots of people do it. But whether you come down to us or not, the thing you got to look for is, are you in a state where you can collect your rent? Yeah. That's a very simple question, but it's a very important question. And I saw some scary things in the pandemic happen to investor friends of mine in certain states. They couldn't collect their rent 10, 12, yeah. 14 months. That's brutal. Yeah. Um, so I, I love Florida for that reason. So we get a lot of people that like that affordability index, the cash flow, the new construction, and the landlord laws. So the majority of our people, we get lots of people out of California, Utah, Washington State, the Northeast, some out of Texas, although I think you guys have great fundamentals where you are as well. Mm. You know, it, but it depends but, on the area here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll vary. But but overall, and we don't invest in in Orlando, yeah. Tampa, Miami. We're in second tier markets where the fundamentals are really strong, the pricing is good, the cash flows there and the growth patterns are are present. And that's mm. where we want to be. And our whole business was set up so you don't have to be here. Yeah. You know, you don't have to recreate the wheel. You don't have to get into the trenches. You know, we do the research for the people. We line it up. We show the case studies. We show the fundamentals. We provide the system. And then they're able to just plug into it, build a small portfolio. And then, you know, our goal is to say, hey, we want you to keep at least an hour a month open to oversee mm -hmm. it. But that cuts down a lot of hours if you're going to try to just do it on your own. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... The other part is if you can if you can pack a few of these things together in one area, you know, if you're doing an annual property visit or something like that, you, you could pack it into one shot and be done with it at that point. Yeah. A lot of our Northeast investors, they seem to come. Down <laughs> it's amazing. They do those property. Yeah. Those, that, yeah. We're, we're, it's going to take about a month for us to get through all these properties yeah. here right around February or so. They so. take their time in February. That's for sure. <laughs> Now, are you able to, I'm assuming you have some connections with property managers? We actually, we have our own in-house management. Nice. Um, we do not, we not go and start building the market until management is already in place. In okay. fact, how this venture started is, you know, my now building partner, his father had a successful management company that managed my personal portfolio. Okay. So we did management before we did building. Okay. Building actually came second. So management is something key. Now, if people really want to get their hands dirty and self-manage, that's but I'd say 98% of people 
choose to manage with us to take that off their plate. Well, they, they, they want to do that on their first couple of investments until they have had to show up and clean toilets at two o'clock in the morning. And then, yeah, it's it, that extra 10% is not so bad after all. <laughs> yeah. And we actually do it for 8%. So that's even okay. better. That's fantastic. So you all find the tenants and everything else in the we process. Do everything, and even with new Love construction, it. some people get a little confused and are saying, okay, I'm getting a new construction home. Do I need to get, does that mean I need to get a construction loan? And those yeah. are pretty tedious, pretty bank intensive, mm-hmm. be more expensive. The answer is no. Okay. We take the building risk phase. You just put up a deposit. We build it all the way through. You step in with a permanent financing loan at the end of the project. That's Brilliant. it. And to help with these interest rate craziness that started, you know, last year, June, we have our own in-house financing. We found oh, that fantastic. if we start to get our own in-house financing, you know, rates is low today at 4.75, which is, Brilliant. you know, lots of people are locking in at 7%. Now that gives mm. them the jump start to get the cash flow started off on the right foot. And then- it was a big deal for us to bring that in. We're excited to be able to offer it. Now. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I mean, so you're you're packaging all the deal. You're doing it on a on a grand scale. So, you know, that that allows that, you know, that freedom to get those kind of deals. Because, I mean, every little bit counts in today's world. What's the rental market look like? I mean, as far as is it tight? You know, I know here in Austin, it's just crazy. So a, a landlord can effectively ask whatever the heck they want. <laughs> For for rent and pretty much people have to deal with it. But uh, what's what's the rental market look like in like let's say Jacksonville? Yeah, Jacksonville is definitely a fast moving market. I think our average okay. days on market is like thirty two days. Okay, you know, in the in the pandemic it was probably down to about twelve days. Now it's yeah. back to a normal, just below what normal is. We're not having a, a big problem moving properties down here. Okay. You know, there's always be a, a, a market, you know, being in so many markets, maybe one market might slow down for a few months, but it's a pretty quick attrition to get the, the inventory rented still. Mm. And what we always aim to do is stick in our niche of new construction. Yeah. You know, what I, what I see is, you know, when you, you're renting a new construction area in a solid area that's affordable and that those are some key words, mm. you know, there's just not many people doing it because the national home builders don't want to build our type of property. They don't nope. want to build the little starter homes. They don't want to build duplexes. They don't want to nope. build quads. And and on the flip side, a lot of tenants would rather live in a nice duplex in a good neighborhood than an apartment building. Absolutely. So, so that is a, a really good thing for us. So our you know our attrition rate, meaning once we put a property on the market, you know, and we're always building new ones and releasing new ones, has been has been healthy. That's fantastic. Is there a kind of a waiting list? You know, as far as when you're building, when somebody signs up with you. To go? Is there a waiting list? Or are you? Is we're, we're, we're always building on demand. And the good thing is we're okay. always expanding our building function. So we actually don't normally release properties until they're within about 90 days of completion. Got it. Because people like to close quick. So we're always getting new properties out. So we kind of go on demand. Okay. Uh, but we're, you know, we'll probably build, you know, about a thousand units this year. Yeah. So, you know, that keeps us pretty busy. How's and, the availability? How's the labor and materials market been down in your area? Well, that's a great question to ask today. It was a terrible <laughs> question to ask two years ago. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Again, Southwest Florida, for example, fastest growing area in the nation. That's a plus and a minus when you're getting mm. trades and you're getting materials. But just like anything, we had to make our way through it. We were at a level of scale that you know we were still able to get materials. It did slow things down, but now... We're seeing the leveling out. There's more availability, um, and it's become more of a steady flow. 
for materials and labor. Nice. Very cool. Well, um, just I, I, I could talk to you all day about this. Anything new in your world down in that area? I mean, I know you're, you're building like crazy. Are you expanding outside of Florida or are you going to just stick well, with what you know? Yeah. You know, we, we were, our company was acquired, a piece of our company was okay. acquired by actually a large group out of Texas called Brightland Holtz, and they're owned by Sumitomo. You probably see Sumitomo yeah. all over the news, 331-year-old Japanese company. They are a conglomerate. Yeah. I know that Warren Buffett invested in another one of their conglomerate sections of the company, but it, it's got a great name, and they wanted to partner with a company that was well-versed in Florida and build a rent. Nice. So we were lucky to have them join us. They fund all of our building projects now instead of having to go to banks, which is a very powerful which is position. Awesome. <laughs> and very good for us and our clients because that gets helps go to the bottom line of the best pricing we can get our clients in for as well. Mm-hmm. And they've already uh, had us looking at joining forces with them and some of their other companies to bring build to rent to Texas and to Tennessee. Those are very two cool. markets that they like. And, and I think that's something that we're highly considering at least dipping our toe into over the next 12 months. Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, cool. Well, let's talk about the fast five questions now. Sounds good. All right. So first question, you wake up in the morning, you, your business is gone. You have 500 bucks in your pocket, laptop, computer, place to live. What are you going to do first? I'm going to start calling some of my closer contacts. Very cool. All right. Second question, what's the biggest business mistake you've ever made? Biggest business mistake I ever made in real estate, especially, was getting wrapped in how many properties. Back 20 <laughs> years ago, there was this big thing called the 100 House Club. Yeah. Once I get 100 houses, it's your 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 goal. <laughs> well, I, I surpassed that club and, and you know, it was nearly <laughs> and you're like, I'm still not making money. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's it's not how many, it's, it's how effective are they? What yeah. are the results? So my biggest lesson was just getting into too many properties with too much leverage, with too much maintenance and repairs and not in the right areas. So my my lesson of that, Jeff, is I own less of better quality with less leverage now. And today Mm -hmm. I'm more relaxed. I have more cash flow, more equity than I ever have. That's awesome. I love it. What's a good book that you might recommend for our audience? You know, there's lots of good books, and I'm always trying to read them with my teens. A popular book with us is The Alchemist. If you just want an okay. easy story book, that's a great one. So, okay. you know, and then if you're also looking to really start to exercise your financial intelligence, I like The Richest Man in Babylon. That's a good one yes. as well. That's, I just did a, uh, a thing for my YouTube channel, a review of that. It was one of, my, one of the 10 books that I attribute to my financial freedom. So I love that book. It's, it's one I can go back and read a ton of times. What's a good tool that you use in your business every day that you might recommend? You know, it's something that's actually really old school. Okay. But, you know, because we all, oh, is it, is it HubSpot? Is it Builder Trend? Is it, you know, you think it was bigger things for a big company. I set some pretty lofty goals each year of, of sales benchmarks. Yeah. I keep on my desk. Just for the year, Uh a whole list of that total amount of properties I want to sell. And Jeff, I love making an X. (laughs) I love it. And that keeps me focused. I look at it. I see where I am. And and I encourage that to my sales staff. And that, what's your goals for the year, for the quarter? Keep this running tally. You love every time you make an X, it feels good. So that is one of my best tools where I've hit some pretty lofty benchmarks. Just I love it. Well, and and it's every minute of every day, you've got it in front of you, which is yep. fantastic. 
Yep. Final question. What is your definition of freedom? I think freedom is the how on your terms. Okay. So freedom is, is people say, I want to retire. I want to retire. Well, okay. But how do you show up at work? What, how are you able to show up at work? So right now I'm, I'm a partner in the biggest company I've ever been involved with, mm-hmm. you know, doing the best work we've ever done. But I, I live in Costa Rica three, four months out of the year and I can work and play from there. Yeah. I'm going to Ireland next, uh, in two weeks to see mm-hmm. family relatives down there that, you know, we came over two generations ago, but I still have family there. I'm going to see yeah. them. That's awesome. um, I'm able to do volunteer work with my family. I'm able to be very involved with them. And so the freedom for me is the how. Yeah. And, and if, you, if you don't ever get to see your family, your health is suffering, you've had to give up your hobbies, that's, that's the opposite of, of, of enjoying the how. And yeah. so I'm about freedom for me is enjoying the how we're doing it. I love and, it. And, and so that's been a big difference for me, not in the forcing the retirement saying, well, I want to keep doing this if I'm able to do these and this and that. I don't have yeah. to give up. So that's kind of how I look at freedom. I love it. That is a, such a great answer to it. Thank you for being on, Jim. This was really informative. Um, first time I've heard this in a while. You know, I, I've heard of the Bill Durant, but uh, it, uh, like I was telling you beforehand, it was just this kind of hodgepodgey thing that I've heard here and there. But I just think the the world of what you guys are doing, it's it solves a lot of problems for new investors uh, and experienced investors that don't want to be fighting with all the, the other challenges. So thank you for doing what you do. Um, and thank you for sharing that today. You're welcome. Good seeing you. Wonderful. Well, Jim, what's the best way if somebody wants to get a hold of you yeah. or, or learn more, where, where's the best place to go? So a great starting point is jjplaybook.com. That stands for Jim and Jamie. That's me and my wife. And we talk about our journey into passive income. How did we build up, you know, our, our, our real estate investments over $40,000 a month passive and then start to do the same for, for, for other investors like yourselves. That's a great starting point. It talks about our principles, how we invest, why we invest the way that we do and how Bill Durant was instrumental in making this all happen. Yeah, absolutely. Great. We'll put it on our uh, show notes page and we'll start from there. So thank you guys for listening in. We do these shows every week. Tuesdays and Thursdays, make sure that you subscribe to the channel wherever you are listening or watching to this. We are on all major podcast channels and YouTube. So make sure that you connect with us. And especially on the YouTube channel, we're putting up literally a video a day on a lot of different subjects, uh, especially things like real estate investing, stock market investing. We're really getting into a, a series of things about how to get going as an investor, how to build a, you know, wealth and freedom. So make sure you connect with us on those channels and we will see you back here the very next time. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.